Welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy. This season is all about intentional comfort, and we'll be taking a look at the crossroads of the inspiration, intention, and action that you can take to bring more comfort and joy to your everyday. This is your host, Paula Jenkins. Welcome to episode 320 here on Jumpstart Your Joy. I am so glad that you are here, and I'm excited to be back with an episode where I'm talking about your heart's second home. And this fits into this series that I've been working on about finding home and under the larger umbrella, of course, of intentional comfort, which is the season seven theme here on Jumpstart Your Joy. And today I'm going to be talking about those places and times where you just feel authentically home and at ease and centered and peaceful. And I feel like this topic is so relevant right now. I don't know if you're feeling the same thing, but I've gotten a lot of emails and comments recently, both personally and in my business, where it seems like people are in the space of feeling a little bit more than a little bit off center and like they're not quite sure where to land right now. I know a coach that I follow sent out an email that said she was feeling like a lot of people are coming out of this time of uncertainty. And we know we want to make changes based on the things that we've experienced in the last two years, but we're not really sure what it is or how to do it or what the real change looks like. And I think a lot of people are feeling that. And so I'm hopeful that talking about what your heart's second home is might help with giving you a place to land or thinking about a place where you can slow down and find some intentional and mindful comfort and allow yourself just to be for a little bit if the last few weeks (laughs) felt like a lot, because I think a lot of us are there. So before we get to that part of this episode, I want to say thank you for tuning in. I'm so glad that you're here. Podcasting really is one of my heart's second homes, and I feel like I've found my space with this community and this medium in a way that I never expected. So thank you so much for tuning in and letting me do this work. If you're new or you want to find out more about me and about this show, it dates back to 2015, and there are 319 past episodes to find over on jumpstartyourjoy.com, or search for Jumpstart Your Joy on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, everywhere but Spotify, because I removed it. (laughs) You can find and follow the show, and then you'll get it downloaded automatically to your device every time there's a new episode out. You can also buy my book, or you can sign up for the newsletter on the website as well. In starting this series about finding home or finding our ways, our way home, I started thinking about this idea that I've had for a long time about my heart's second home. And it's something that I feel fits here because I know that there's many physical places and many ways to find our way home. But I think also getting to know our internal compass and in our internal landscape and Recognizing the places that make us feel more at peace and more content and more comfortable is really important, especially, you know, from the mental health perspective, when we get into these times that are the messy middle, which of course is the pandemic and everything that's come through in the last probably four or five years, it's felt a little bit less grounded. And so there's ways when we get into these times and places that we can feel more grounded. And this idea of heart second home is one of them for me. So The idea of this hit me several years ago and probably around, I think it was 2004, when I was attending a retreat and 
at the same time, I was also going through a divorce. Now, a, a divorce, as you probably can uh, guess, is a very turbulent time. And I know, at least for myself, it was hard to get my head around this idea that I had made a promise to myself, to my family, to God, <laughs> to another person that I was going to be with them forever. And even though things there was there were many good reasons to leave the relationship, I you know I, I now stand by that. <laughs> it was a good decision for me at the time. There's a lot to work through when faced with one of those kinds of big things in your life. And so I was at this retreat and feeling very uncentered and very adrift. And so this is at a Franciscan retreat center, San Damiano in Danville, California. During this reconciliation service in the chapel, they asked, would anyone like to come up for a blessing? And I figure at this point in my life, you know, I'm more spiritual than I am specifically religious. And if you want my background, I'm Lutheran, so I'm not even Catholic. But I was like, I'll take it. <laughs> Any blessing I could get right now, I will take it. So I walked up to um, the front of the chapel. And um, if you didn't have to have like a hands-on blessing, but if you wanted one, I think you put your hands, you know, crossed over your chest and put your head down and then they would give you, you know, a hands-on blessing. And the thing that the priest, I now know him and his name is Father Evan, but the thing that he said to me in that moment was, welcome home. And it was profound in the moment. It, it was one of those times when the words were so well-placed because I could say without a doubt, I felt anywhere but at home in that moment, like even in my own body, in my own place in this world. You know, how do I d identify myself as someone coming out of this important relationship? And so this idea of coming, really coming home to myself became very important. And a little more context around this story as well. My parents had lived and I had gone to high school, basically grew up near the town that this retreat center is in. So in many ways, it was not just this welcome home to myself, but it was also saying home can also be a place and a landscape, whether it is actually your family's home or, or even if your family still lives there, you can find different ways of finding home. And so this welcome home from Father Evan very much felt life-changing to me. That idea of welcoming and spirit became the name of my very first blog, which I'm going to relaunch it just as a standalone static site. But that idea of welcoming spirit into your life and finding a way to come back to your home has been kind of at the heart of everything that I've done in so many ways. So I'd love to now walk through some of the other ways that I feel like I've connected with my heart second home that aren't specific to this Franciscan retreat center and that might give you some inspiration on how you can find these places in your life or identify these places in your life because I'm sure we all have them. So for me, when I'm thinking about places that are my heart's second home, and maybe second home isn't quite the right answer because I have more than one, <laughs> but these are places that are in addition to wherever it is that I live. And of course, home is where the heart is. So I think there are several places and landscapes that resonate with me in a way that make me feel like I am back home. So here they are. One of them is a camp that I used to go to as a child. It's Kenelan Camp in the Santa Cruz Mountains. And I'm really excited about this. You know, I used to go every summer from about age 12 then I was a counselor in training. I was a director. And now the really beautiful thing about this is I go back as what they call a camp mom, which is probably the most hilarious name ever, but I'll take it. And I've created a mindfulness program for them and built them two labyrinths, which is like so cool to still have this relationship with this place and these people 
and get to really do some of the things I love most there in a place that really is my heart's second home. The next one is a little bit even more specific of a place, but it's a landing on a set of stairs at UC Santa Barbara, which is where I went to college. And it's this landing that's overlooking the ocean. If you know the coast there near Santa Barbara at all, it's the coast has cliffs and then down off the cliffs is a beach through most of that area. And so you have steps down to the beach. And this place at the end of the street that I used to live on, I would go every day as a senior in college, <laughs> walk down the stairs and just look out over the ocean on this landing. And it was like, I've, I don't know, you know, centering. It was beautiful. It was amazing. I loved that school so much. I loved my time there. And just that spot, I can go back and feel like I'm 18. <laughs> I can go back and really recenter on the memories of the place, but also feel a connection to myself. Of course, one of these heart second homes I've already just mentioned is San Damiano Retreat, which is where Father Evan gave me the blessing. But it also overlooks this beautiful mountain, Mount Diablo, which is in the East Bay of the San Francisco Bay Area. I love this mountain. Uh, you know, I went to a high school that's named after this mountain. <laughs> so there's like this connection here for me with that place. And San Damiano became that place after my parents moved to the Midwest. And they've since come back. And then another that I can recognize and that I think I've talked about before here is the Sea Ranch, which is up the coast north near Mendocino in California as well. And it's someplace that my family has gone for years. The first time might have been when I was 11, 11 or 12. And then we just keep going back. And um, we have a really interesting relationship with that place. My current husband and I got married up there. And so there's a lot of meaning and connection packed into the Sea Ranch as well. Some reflections on some of these things and kind of an invitation to you to go back maybe and listen um, to a couple of episodes that are in this series. But when I started looking at these landscapes, uh, if you will, or these places that are my heart's second home, I was really drawn to the conversation that then I got to have with Emma Lowy. And she recently wrote the book, Return to Nature. In it, she explores how specific landscapes are restorative to people. And it's interesting because I think we all intuitively know that we resonate or we feel at ease or at comfort with certain types of landscapes. And for you, that might be very different. I believe she lists out seven or eight in her book. I, I highly recommend it. It's a really interesting book. And she looks at the scientific connections of why and how certain landscapes are more restorative to some people. When I look back at these heart second homes that I've listed out, all of them have one of two landscapes, and some of them have two. And those are ocean and shore or mountains and forest. And what's especially interesting is if you know the California landscape, many places when you're towards the coast, they actually have a view, depending on which way you're turned, <laughs> of the coast and on the other side, the mountains. So the Sea Ranch is that way. The landscape at UC Santa Barbara is that way. And even Kenilin, which was the camp that I went to, has this view where you're in the mountains. But if you look out west, more or less, <laughs> you'll see the ocean below. And the only one of these that's an inland landscape is San Damiano. It is in a forest looking at a mountain. So those are my two places. And I'm, I encourage you if you're like, well, I don't know. I think I really enjoy fill in the blank landscape. Go look at this book because it will also give you other landscapes that maybe you resonate with, how to protect those landscapes and ideas of why they are so restorative to people. It's so fascinating. 
But I really loved being able to layer that on to thinking about this too. I also think if we look at these landscapes in our heart second home, finding home meant different things to people, especially from a mental health perspective and a mindfulness perspective during the pandemic. Many of us, we won't go into this too much, but I know we kind of all found, especially in that in those in the 2020 and 2021 years, that there were probably more people in our home just in the nature of shelter in place and schools being closed. My son was doing online school for almost all of 20, you know, of years 20 and 21. And with my own work being remote, we realized, you know, it was a bit much sometimes to just all be in the house together. So in that year, while my son was able to do remote school, you know, we tried to turn this on its head and see that there was an opportunity because my work's remote. My husband had been a chef and that business had closed. So he was in between jobs. And in October of 2020, we decided to go to the Sea Ranch, which is one of those places that's so special to us. And we found ourselves going again in February and again in the summer of <laughs> 2021. And over the course of that year, we spent about four weeks at one house that we had been renting. And this house really became a safe haven for us. It was really kind of the respite we needed. I know I talked a little bit in the last couple seasons about, you know, how the pandemic made the horizon feel a little too close. And there was a trapped feeling, I think, for many of us. And this home and this space at the Sea Ranch started to become that place where we felt like we could see beyond the horizon of the yard at our home. And we could see oceans and mountains. Um, we, there was a timelessness to this space because even though we went there, and yes, we wore masks, there were mandates, there's so much space and, you know, walking trails where, yeah, we wore our masks, but we also felt safe taking them down because there was nobody else around. There's only two two tiny grocery stores in, in the town nearby, and they are so they were so protective and there was such a sense of community that people were very they very much honored being careful with one another, even in the early days when we went up the first time. We had more room there in this home. We had fewer neighbors. And we had the playground of beaches and hikes when my son's school was over for the day. And it just felt like that house wrapped us in so much safety and possibility. And it gave us a space to dream again and to remember things that were beyond the immediacy of the pandemic, because all that felt very overwhelming and hard. In in the time that we were there, of course, you rent from someone, and it is a family that owns that home as well, and we got to know them. And so I really like that aspect. We've had several different rental homes that we've visited multiple times up at the Sea Ranch, and I really like that opportunity to get to know someone through their home because it feels more like there's a connection and there's some community. And, you know, I really like that aspect of renting from the same people again and again. So the first time we went up in 2020, and you would, you'll would you hear if you go back to listen to Laura Joyce Davis and I talk about it, it was the week after the really bad fires had started here in California. And these fires were raging, and it was so unsettling. And even when we got up to the Sea Ranch, um, which is a good three and a half, four hours away from my home here in the Bay Area, 
the, the skies were orange up there as well, which it's right on the coast. So that was super unsettling because generally, even if there's, you know, weird air quality inland on the coast, you get beautiful blue skies. What was interesting is, you know, we get there, we settle. And the next day, you know, we, we emailed the owner just to say we're here. Thank you so much. And he wrote back to say that he had just been evacuated from his home, which was close to some of the fires. And it was like, wow, like it just felt like the pandemic just kept, you know, this time just kept making things weirder and weirder. And of course, you know, we only want what's best for this family that owns this home. So we wrote back and said we could leave. And of course, he could have his home back if he needs to evacuate to it. And he refused, which was mind boggling as well. He was able to stay with family. And it was just this interesting thing. Like, of course, you can have your home back. And his response being, please stay. Just a beautiful thing. Like there was a gift and really a really heartfelt gift in letting us stay there, even though it could have been that we just needed to go. So in this most recent April of 2022, we wanted to go back to Sea Ranch and to this house for our son's spring break. And my husband emailed and the owner wrote back and said that we could go, but that he'd been diagnosed with terminal cancer and explained that his wife didn't really want the responsibility of having renters. In the future, if if he wasn't around, and his son also said that he didn't want to sell the house. So it put him in kind of a weird spot. And, you know, he told us that we could go, um, but that he also didn't know what that might mean for anyone in the future. I, I share this because it's I can see now that this place is one of my heart's second homes, specifically this house. And so it was really hard to hear that this relationship that we had built, you know, it goes way beyond the house, right? Like this relationship that we had built with this family, that this family is going through so much. And, you know, it's really heartbreaking. And it was bittersweet, but we accepted his offer to go visit. I wanted to go back to see that house just one last time. This house had become, you know, one of our, probably the whole family's heart's second homes. The house had kept us safe. It had been so welcoming, which resonates back to that that same idea of Father Evan saying, welcome home. It had been that same feeling, that same hug and acknowledgement of like, you're going through something hard, but this is going to be all right. It had been an island of safety when very few things during the pandemic felt safe. And so closure for me was important. I wanted to say thank you, I love you, and goodbye to this house. And not just the house, but the relationship with this family that we'd rented from and everything that it all meant to us. It was important to me to find a way to close that. So on the last day up at Sea Ranch, my husband and I were sitting on the deck in the back and we saw an older man walking over towards us from in between the two houses. He had a bleach stained jacket and a bunch of jugs on a pole and I mean, immediately, like, you know, I thought that this might be the spa service person because this house has a hot tub. And then he introduced himself. He was the neighbor and he lived there full time. He was about to empty some of the rain out of a, a catch bucket that he had and was going to water his garden. So that's why he had all these buckets. But he stopped by to say hi. And he asked how we knew the family that owned the house because he knew that they were not renting the house right now. And so we explained we'd met through renting and asked if we could come up. And, and he said, you must be special. Don't forget that. You meant something to this family for them to let you be here right now. And after this 
man left, I said to my husband, that wasn't just a neighbor. That was a wink from the universe. And it struck me that this was way beyond a story about somebody renting somebody's house. You know, this was almost an acknowledgement of a heart's second home from an external place. This felt like there was a force much bigger than myself acknowledging that there was a bigger connection to the house, to the place, and that there was some connection to this family that we'd been renting from for so long, and that there was some of that reciprocated in this older man's comment. And it it was very special to have had that acknowledgement from somewhere else that like, not only is this relationship in this home special to us and our family, and we hold it in the highest regard, but that somehow we were getting the feedback that maybe some of that was the same for the family that was renting to us. It was really a beautiful moment. So let's transition to, like, what does this mean? How do you do this? (laughs) Why is it important to have a heart second home and how do you get there? I've learned a lot about staying true to my own self and listening to my heart about what it considers its second home. I know that sometimes I need to revisit these places that have been safe and loving, encouraging, and quiet. Each one of the places that I've shared in this episode already, each of them does have some sort of a spiritual pull for me. And I could see that they each mark an important time or a moment or sometimes a transition for me in my life. My first times, I can see in looking back that one of these homes is really like the first time I'd ever been out on my own at camp. That was the first time I'd stayed weeks away from my parents. The steps over the ocean at UC Santa Barbara, I knew as a senior and in my last quarter there, like everything will change once I've graduated. And I don't know when I'll ever be able to live at the beach again. And so I I have this very vivid memory of being so mindful to soak up every second that I could right there, knowing that things would change. I mentioned San Damiano, and I think some of the special spiritualness was that it has this amazing view of the high school that I went to and where I grew up. And like that always kind of felt like a grounding center, this mountain, (laughs) as strange as that may seem. But I know that other places in spiritual ways, people do consider mountains their mountain. And there's something centering about it to be able to see it for me. But it's also a retreat center. And I have led retreats, many retreats there. I actually preached there, which is unheard of (laughs) in a Catholic church. Um, So there's something really special and grounding about that. And as I said, the Sea Ranch, I got married there. And there's been a very strong through line with that place of me being a child and going there and then taking my own child there and staying there with my parents and him staying with us and all the generations staying together. So it's really nice that there's a through line in that place that has become bigger than a tradition because there's a tie to it in a very sentimental way. So what have I learned about Heart's second home and maybe how can you pull some lessons from this as well for your own mental health, for your spiritual health? Here's where I land. It's important to take note of where these second homes are. It's a feeling that no other place has. I know when I visit these places, there is an immediate sense of centeredness. I think the second thing about your heart's second home is to visit them in person whenever you can. You know, if you're feeling the pull of the world today and you're feeling overwhelmed and you're not sure what direction you're headed or you just need a moment to breathe, go to one of those places if you've identified it. Make a plan, spend the day, Do what you can to immerse yourself in it. The third thing is, though, 
that I learned, especially during the pandemic and other hard times, is sometimes I visit these places, these heart second homes, in my head when I can't visit them in person. There have been many nights when I'm lying in bed and I can't sleep, and I envision myself lying in one of the beds of these places, like one of the homes that we've rented, or maybe I I think of myself being at San Damiano and sleeping there, or I think of myself just standing out, looking over the ocean on that landing, and just taking in the sights, visually recognizing all the things that I recall about each of these places. And oftentimes it whisks me away from whatever ruminating thoughts or things I'm stuck on from the day. It whisks me away to a different time and place. And it's meditative, right? It's not just escapism. It's not disassociation. It's a very mindful decision to visit somewhere else that feels better or more relaxing or more content than whatever the moment is. And I I think that's important that you can go in person, but you could also go in your head and your heart and revisit if you want to. Number four, now that I've figured out that I'm an introvert, it makes sense (laughs) in looking back upon each of these places that they're quiet places of respite. You know, it's funny because I had this even mirrored back to to me from my son in a Mother's Day note, and he said something about how his mom takes him to places that are pretty and happy, to shorten it a little bit. But I know that each of these places are quiet and pretty and bring me happiness. And so it's neat to see that he's reflected that back at me, that he knows that's what I do and that he appreciates it, regardless if you're an introvert or an extrovert. Find the places that feel like they let you be yourself. I'm not going someplace that's big and crowded. That doesn't necessarily feel like home. Each of these places are a little bit more quiet. Number five, there's a spiritual tie for me specifically to each of the places that I've designated as my heart's second home. Sometimes in a real way that marks a specific event, like a wedding or a specific moment at a retreat center. But sometimes it's just something that I know in my heart. But most of them do have a resonance that's beyond just a a general feeling. Number six, whenever I go to these places, I just feel different. Like even when I just drive over the hill to go see Mount Diablo, the minute I see it, I I feel everything relax. (laughs) So I think that's something interesting to note is if you're questioning if a place is a heart second home, that might be a really good indicator for you. And then last, number seven, is that there's a cycle for each of these places. Like each one has one. And and I say that, especially like around the houses at the Sea Ranch, like we really love renting from people. And it is my heartfelt hope and prayer that the owner that we've been, that we've created this relationship with, that he outlives his diagnosis completely. You know, a moment of silence for that, because that's what I would want for he and his family more than anything, is that he can go back to his very special home and that it can continue to be a place that sustains him. And if that doesn't happen, I also know that we'll find another family that will want to rent to us and and that we will embark on a new relationship and a new sense of community with another family. And we'll find another place that we honor and that we love as much as we've loved these other houses whatever the thing brings. But just knowing that there is a cycle to each of them, I think gives me a sense of, yep, this is where we are in the cycle. Like it doesn't make me panic. It just makes me realize this is the ebb and flow of these places that I love, just like life has ebb and flows. So do these places. I also see the cycle play through at camp where, like I said, I'd been a camper, a counselor, a director, and now I'm a camp mom. But it's really interesting to see that your role changes from being a participant maybe to 
a leader to now someone that gets to help with some of the creative direction of creating a labyrinth for a camp. Like I would never have guessed as an 11-year-old that eventually I would create something else for this camp. But staying with it and staying true to it and treating the people there with love and appreciation and respect and knowing that we all treasure a place, I think it helps you become a fuller version of yourself in that space and other people then want you to keep coming back as well. And I see this, there's also a cycle for me and I'm so grateful for all of this, but at San Damiano, I'd been on retreats, I led retreats. I now go back and I have stayed there. I actually wrote most of my book at San Damiano and now they call me about labyrinth work. So I see there is this whole, like your your role with these places may change and just be open to that a little bit. Like it's almost like a dance that you keep get to keep doing with these places, like the push and the pull and the the draw, like brings you back and brings out the most creative aspects of yourself in a way as well, which is so very interesting. And I will say, as we close this out, that these places also rang in my head when I was speaking to Laura Joyce Davis in the most recent episode, when she told me about how she was looking for home in starting her own podcast, Shelter in Place, you know, she made the decision to start it right as everything closed down and Shelter in Place was put in place here in California in 2020. We talked a little bit and go back and listen because I was it resonated me, with me really deeply about how the pandemic made it so hard to feel at ease wherever we were living. Part of her trek, her um, her odyssey, which I think was the second season she did, was looking for a place that felt more like home because climate change and unrest makes it hard to feel settled anywhere. And she had felt like maybe her home, which happens to be in Oakland, only probably a half hour from where I live, is that where they wanted to be forever, especially that time when the, the fires started up and it was so overwhelming. And so they went to the East Coast. You can hear her story and came back and realized that, you know, really home is where the heart is. And she loves the community she has there. So I would say if you're looking for this and you're trying to find a way to feel a little bit more centered, notice where your heart is calling you back to. These places are so special. The people at them are special. There's probably a resonance between you and the other people that love that place too. You'll find connections and have conversations and you know, you may even have someone come by and tell you that you're special because you are and because there's a connection with that space. I think that as we come out of or whatever this is from the pandemic into a new age, the connections are what is important. There's so much uncertainty right now, and yet there are a lot of solid things that our heart really knows to be true. I encourage you to notice the places that are your heart's second home, that you cling to them, nourish them, and hold the people that are connected to them close to your heart as well. I want to dedicate this episode to our friends that own that very lovely Sea Ranch home. And just to say, I don't know that they even listen, but that you are in our hearts and in our prayers. And thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your home with us and our hearts. Thank you so much to all of you who are listening in. I hope that this has given you ideas to find a way to reconnect with those places that are your heart's second home. And that in some ways, you're looking for that intentional comfort. I realize this episode may have a kind of a different feel to it than some others. And I, and I think it is because we're all in this reflective place. And as we come out of whatever this weird time is, I think there's also a different feeling about things.
everything. So I encourage you all to work through it and figure out a couple of places that feel more easy and more comforting and more welcoming as you work your way through this as well. Next week on the show, I'm delighted to have Jen Oglesby on. She is a life coach. And in December of last year, she lost her sister to brain cancer. So we're gonna be talking about finding intentional comfort during times of loss, because I always feel like grief and joy are bookends of each other. And talking about how you can mindfully move through really hard times and how talking about it with the right people can often help as well. So thank you so much for tuning in today. And I hope you'll come on back next week. And until then, I hope that your days are filled with so much joy. 